It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nix, and my wonderful co-host from twinfo.com.au, Naomi, for another week. Here we are back again. Nikki, my favourite time of the week. I say this every week. I have to say something else. <laughs> honestly, it really is. I um, I, I said to someone the other day um, that I, I meet uh, um, two friends for a Pilates class and then we have um, a sauna afterwards. And I was saying to them while we were in the sauna, and we just chat for 40 minutes, and I was saying to them that the recording of the podcast with you and my sauna time with the other girls um, beats going to any kind of therapist at the moment for me. It's just that time to connect and not worry about anything else and just chat and it's just lovely. So hello. I, and I agree and it's always been one of those things we've said since we started it. It's been about such a mental health debrief for us. We're so fortunate that we've made, been able to bring an audience on this journey And the other thing we're so grateful for is such a variety of guests that we've been able to chat to, including this week's, which I'm really excited about because I think it's going to be very fun. Too. So without further ado, let's introduce you to our next guest. We have the lovely Emma Dean joining us and she's got quite a few facets to her story. So Emma, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. What a delight to connect with you this morning. It is absolutely wonderful. Now, Emma, you are a musician, you are an entertainer, um, and you are also a multi-mum. I am a multi-mum, something I never thought I would say. My journey to motherhood was lengthy and, um, you know, there were moments when I thought I might not ever be a mum. So to be a mum of twinnies is um, pretty amazing. If I could reach out and give you a virtual high five now, I would because my journey was long and difficult as well and there were times I thought I was never going to be a mum and to be absolutely blessed to be a mum of multiples, for me, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's been tough. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's also amazing. So talk us through, like, are you happy to share a bit of your journey on how you managed to achieve this amazing status of of joining the multiverse? (laughs) I would love to share part of my story with you. Um, So I I think I always knew I wanted to be a mum, but I'd never met the right person. It took me a long time to meet my beautiful partner, Lucas. And before meeting Lucas, I was sort of on a bit of a path to maybe do IVF as a solo person. Um, And on our third date, I think very quickly we knew we connected beautifully. Like, you know, I knew at the very least he was going to be my best friend forever. You know, we just had this beautiful soul connection. But on our third date, we discovered that I was, you know, wanting to go down the IVF path by myself. And he was actually considering going down the path you know, of of solo fatherhood using a surrogate, which is such a rare thing. I've never heard of any other man kind of wanting to go down that path um, by himself. So very quickly we decided, all right, let's just 
jump in and try to make a baby together. It makes sense, right? <laughs> and I'm so glad we did start trying pretty early on because it did take us quite a while. Um, we ended up going down the IVF path and uh, our journey, you know, we thought that we would be one of the lucky ones, you know, the first round of IVF would work. This was the miracle cure and it wasn't to be. It took us five rounds to, oh, to I make out. Stop you because <laughs> you could be me talking. Oh, wow. so funny. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I... I I think it was our second date, though, not our for our third date. I had already purchased the sperm and I wow. had a fridge full of drugs just basically waiting for my cycle to start because I was going down that route myself. Um, Unreal. I met Dave, my partner, and I had to tell him. Um, and same as you, we ended up still having to go down the IVF route anyway. So, yeah, anyway, I just want to... real. Yeah, funny. That's, anyway. That is fascinating. I'm sure there are many others like us mm -hmm. out there where this sort of thing happens. Um, and so, so, yes, I mean, it took us five rounds and, and on that fifth round we decided to transfer two embryos. And these embryos were like... Uh, basically everything was against us. They were little day three embryos. They hadn't been genetically tested. The day after my transfer, the Brisbane floods hit. So I was down in flood water, you know, trying to lift furniture. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is, these conditions are really not ideal for a, an embryo transfer working. So I was, the two. You, but I was the 2011 floods. You're kidding me. That's unbelievable. Wow. So, you know, everything was against us, but these two little ones held on. And so now we have our beautiful Tilda. We call her Tilly and Otis, and they're five months old now. Oh, wow. Oh, That's my fantastic. goodness. Congratulations, you two and your similarities. It's freaked me. I've got goosebumps a little bit over here in the corner. <laughs> That's crazy. Must be Emma, a Brisbane we got, thing. We got pregnant on round five too. Oh, my gosh. But unfortunately, you go. That, way, that round, um, I lost them both a, a bit further along. Um, but So ours were round eight eventually. Oh, um, wow. I'm so yeah. sorry to hear that. Yeah, Emma, yeah, what was that? No, I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say, let's move on to something. We've just had a um, a previous guest where we've just shared lots of stories about that. So I'm super excited mm. to share a really positive, happy um, moment with you. So, yeah. Emma, what was oh. like the, that, that moment when you knew you had the two? We, we've all got a story of finding out it's not one, not two, maybe three for some. Um, what was that moment like for you? Well, it was, it was still such a shock, even though we knew it was... A possibility, of course, that these these two embryos would uh, would attach and and hold on. I was still completely in shock. I, I I couldn't quite believe it. I couldn't believe that there was one in there, let alone two. And our beautiful um, fertility specialist was you know um ultrasounding my my belly and said, and here's the heartbeat. And we were like, oh my gosh and then he went and here's 
the second heartbeat and he, he left us hanging and we just went, I think there's actually a video of it and I say, oh, my God, 27 times. Lucas's oh. dad actually counted. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was clearly quite a shock um, but a beautiful, beautiful shock. Oh, and how <laughs> was your pregnancy journey? Oh, my goodness. Well, it was complicated, I have to say, because, you know, we'd gone through this this long journey of trying to conceive and and I used to, I'm going to be completely honest, I, I never understood when people uh, complained about their pregnancy. You know, I, I found it as someone who was desperate to, to be pregnant, I found it really confronting when I'd hear people sort of complain or whinge about being sick. And then I became one of those people. <laughs> so I had hyperemesis. I was diagnosed with that quite early on. I had an incredibly vomity pregnancy. Um, it was really not very nice, if I'm going to be honest, as much as I was so, so grateful for being pregnant, the the physical um side effects I was getting made it very difficult to just kind of even just go to work and things like that. So how did you cope with that mentally? Because without mm. being, um, well, let's just be blunt, you had made yourself be that way. You wanted yeah. to be pregnant. Yeah. You got your wish eventually. I mean, I'm not saying this is an easy process, but you got your wish and yeah. all of a sudden you are just so ill. I, I was so lucky. I didn't vomit once in my oh, pregnancy. So good. I, don't, I I was a bit like you, you know, I didn't quite understand it. But um yeah. through Twinfo, because I've got so many blogs on there, I've got quite a few blogs on there from people who had HG. Mm. And so, I'm just reading them. I just I, I honestly I did not realize how bad it can be. That's that's exactly right. I and neither did I. I um I ended up being diagnosed with antenatal depression. I um, and it was quite a severe case of depression, according to my GP. So I, I was in therapy, and yeah, it, it really, really took its toll. And of course, I was very worried that I would have postnatal depression because um, I know the statistics. You know, it's quite likely after an IVF journey, and then after being, you know, so sick. But luckily I came through it all um, and I haven't suffered from depression since giving birth. But, yeah, that it really, really, really took its toll. And, and, and you know, grappling with um, the guilt of that as well, I really felt so guilty for feeling so horrible yes, because no. I, knew, I knew I should be feeling just so grateful. Gratitude, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Have you yeah. forgiven yourself for that guilt? I have, and I think it took a lot of um, therapy sessions <laughs> to to get to that that point, um, and and also just being really open and talking with other women, and particularly women who have gone through IVF. I've got a beautiful community um, that I still chat to, and many of them have gotten pregnant um, recently and also have been suffering with with um, HG 
as well. So, so they like just having a, a network of people to talk to who mm. actually who understand um, was so so helpful for me. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about community. Oh yeah, it's and, the best. Yeah, and, I, and and people coming together. I just yeah. I, I just think that is such an important thing because being my, my boys were natural, so I didn't go through the IVF journey, but four seasons down, knowing Naomi as well as I do now and listening to so many incredible journeys of IVF leading to multiples, I'm I'm aware that I hear it often um, of, of women who go through IVF desperate to get pregnant, do succeed and then hit a struggle, all different types of snares and carry this guilt. And I think that's such an important thing to talk about that just because you've wanted it and you go through it doesn't mean it's going to be easy and not to beat yourself up because there's tough times. Like it doesn't mean that you want the pregnancy less or you don't want your babies, but there's a big difference between wanting pregnancy and then being in a really tough pregnancy or a tough time after birth. And I just think listening to these stories, it's really important to um, if women are going through that in the moment, from as I said, from a non-pash, somebody who hasn't been through it, to know, you know f- forgive yourself. You can have a really tough time and still desperately want your babies. You cannot enjoy pregnancy but still want your babies. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean and I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. It's not, nothing is black and white, yeah. uh, you know. It's, yeah, exactly. It's it, it such a grey area, yeah. You don't yeah. know what your pregnancy is going to be like. You were hit with a, a really horrible pregnancy and, it's okay to say it's not enjoyable. It doesn't take away from your want for your children any less. Or as Naomi and I say, we have times at the moment where we're like, oh, our kids drive us bonkers. But it doesn't mean we don't want them or love them. Like as mums, we've Absolutely. got to forgive ourselves. We can't be, you know, <laughs> you've got to forgive yourself. That's it's so true. And we're the first to, you know, be so hard on ourselves, I think. Mm. And, um, yeah, we need to ease up and, and reach out to each other which is so amazing that you've got this podcast, you know, and with women talking about all of this stuff. Um, mm. Just listening to other people's stories has been so healing for me. Mm. So hopefully this can be healing for someone else out there listening as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so talk us through um, the pointy end of your pregnancy. The pointy end, yes. Um, go into, like, labour naturally, like... It, what, what gestation were they delivered? How were they delivered? How did it all go? Yeah, it was um, it was a, a really wild, I mean, I think all birth stories, they are a bit wild in their own special way. Um, so I, they, they were birthed at 37 and 3. So, and, and I was, yeah, I was induced. Um, they weren't going anywhere. Well done. They weren't going anywhere. And, and actually, even when I was induced, it really took a long time for things to get going. So they were very comfortable in there. Um, they, so Tilly, Tilly came out first. Uh, she was my little twin A and they were birthed, um, vaginally and um she needed a little bit of help with the vacuum uh she her head was in a in a weird position there's not a lot of room oh goodness um so I ended up pushing I think I pushed for they tell me it was two hours and 38 minutes to be exact oh. so 
it, yeah, it was a. It felt like a very long time, um, and the, the labor was about eighteen hours. Mm-hmm. But eventually, little Tilly came out, and we were having a beautiful moment with her. And um, and then little Otis, we I, I kind of felt like there was a bit of something strange happening with the 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 doctor, like a little bit of tension in the room. And it turns out that little Otis, he was breech, and his heart rate was dropping really, really quickly. So they had to kind of rip him out. Um, and he was he was it was a bit dramatic. He was um quite blue and a bit limp so that you know rushed him off to to kind of resuscitate him and he was absolutely fine it was five minutes that felt like an hour you know that the when you just kind of everything stops um but he was absolutely fine just a little bit stunned and so yeah and and so were we we just couldn't believe we had these two little little angels um on my chest and what made it uh, a bit crazy was that at this point we were actually being filmed for a documentary um and not the documentary that i mentioned to you earlier another documentary which was set for um commercial television which we ended up being dropped by (laughs) um but having cameras uh in the room and a mic on I had a mic on the entire time and we were having to repeat conversations in front of the camera um while I'm having contractions and stuff that added a a whole new level to this experience um and yeah so hopefully we will get that footage I was was (laughs) going to ask I hope you get the footage even I really I really hope so too lovely in one way I mean at the time it probably wasn't you know it was a bit intrusive but um what a lovely memory to look back on and actually absolutely absolutely yes fingers crossed we get that hopefully you get that but you also the journey is in another documentary you said that is exactly right so before we found out that we were pregnant um I was part of part of another documentary filming which um is directed by a beautiful film director called Amy Parry and basically this documentary shows the journey of I guess our IVF you know roller coaster but kind of marries it with my music so um I ended up releasing an album uh called Shape of a Girl and a lot of the songs were written about our fertility journey. Um, and so this documentary kind of shows snippets of, you know, all the IVF stuff that we're going through and and then the launch of the album. So music is weaved in throughout this documentary. So we're in the editing stage now um which is so exciting and it's being you know sent to film festivals and things like that so um yeah it's called waiting room so that will be lovely as well to look back on um even though many of the 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 moments in that documentary are a little bit sadder um but still you know very close to our hearts wow you are a busy lady I am actually, yes. (laughs) And I know we've been fortunate recently to speak to a few people like yourself. Um, But again, congratulations on having the 
power to welcome because when you when you accept to do something like that, you don't know what the outcome of that journey is going to be. Um, so going through those first four rounds, was there a point where you're filming this documentary that you think, what if my time doesn't come? And what if the outcome of that? Do- I mean, I mean, you've committed to putting it out there for people. That's a very brave thing to do with your emotions. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, to, to answer your question, there was probably many, many times actually during the filming where I thought this might not happen, but. The documentary actually doesn't end with our happy ending. And part of the reason for that was that when I was chatting with the director, Amy, about what we wanted to make, I said to her, you know, there's so many sort of happy ending Mm. stories out there, happy ending documentaries, or there's the other, you know, the we're going to stop trying kind of stories. There's nothing that tells the story of the in-between, you know, like like what does it look like for someone who's just in the thick of it? And that's what we wanted to show. So, so yeah, you know, when you watch the documentary, you don't actually find out that I have twins at the end, but it, it does end still on a positive note. Um, but there's this quite harrowing footage um, where we were driving back from our fourth transfer, which didn't end up happening because the two little embryos didn't survive the thaw. So that, you know, going through um, all of those, you know, the the hormones for for those weeks before having the transfer and then these two frozen little embryos not actually surviving and kind of having to be called into the into the um, doctor's office to kind of, you know, have that news broken to you, that's all captured on the on the film. Yeah. So in that moment I, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't think this is going to happen for us. I really, I really don't. Um, and then we decide to, to continue, um, which is kind of where it, where it ends, yeah. Yeah, it's a. It was a crazy. I thing can't wait to see someone it. into that space. <laughs> I'm oh, I'm so happy. Um, yeah, I'm reliving so many of my moments. Just when you're talking, I'm just mm. yeah, I'm, I'm nodding and agreeing because I, I I've been through all of that. Um, and wow. one of the reasons I actually I'm going to digress now. One of the reasons I started Twinfo was because when I was going through IVF, I was so heavily involved in reading other people's IVF stories because this was before all the Facebook groups. I mean, Facebook was out there, but I was on like um, essential baby forums and things like that. So I don't even think they exist now because everything's a Facebook group and stuff. I was on all these forums um, and connecting with people that way, but I just was constantly scouring um the library and bookshops and everything like that for IVF books on uh, with success stories and people's journeys because I just I needed to connect with that and I I never looked because it took us so long to have these babies I sort of hadn't looked past that and I suddenly got there and I was pregnant with twins and I was kind of like what do I do now like I hadn't got that far because I'd been so focused for so long and I looked around and I just couldn't find all of these things that I was so used to reading. Um, and so, wow. yeah, I started my blog Twinfo to get those stories out there. And now I've got 
you know, 360 other family stories on there sharing their journey because it was something I was missing. Um, so I, I, yeah, I. That's incredible. And this is, I guess, a little bit before all the documentaries and all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So I can't wait to watch it. So, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, that, well, thank you. And, uh, yeah, that's that's incredible that you you obviously realised that there was a gap in the yeah. in the market, so to speak, and and you and you decided to fill to fill that. And I needed to because I, I needed to, yeah to keep continuing to read other people's stories. So yeah, that's brilliant. Now your twins are five months old. How's it been? <laughs> oh my goodness, it's been pretty incredible um, in every sense of the word. Um, they are so cheeky and so different. So different. Um, we had um, a bit of a, I guess, rocky maybe th- three months, first three months. Um, they had colic. Um, there was a lot of inconsolable crying and reflux and all of that kind of stuff. So that was definitely not um, an easy time. But they seem to be kind of coming out the other end of that um, and are a bit more settled Um and their and their beautiful little personalities are now coming out, which is so fun. I think I felt quite out of my depth actually at the at the beginning. Um, I hadn't even changed a nappy before. Like, and my my partner Lucas was the same. We hadn't really spent much time around tiny babies, and these little ones. So Tilly was she was two point one four kilograms, and Otis was two point for one kilograms, funnily enough. So there were quite, I know comparatively many twins are much smaller, but, you know. A little. They, they seemed very small <laughs> to us. And um, I, I just was like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? Because, you know, it's so true. You, you come home from hospital and you're like, oh, wait, are you sure we can do this by ourselves now? Is this allowed? Like it's so, it seems so scary. Um, but now that they're smiling and giggling and, you know, when they cry, sometimes I'm able to make them laugh and, you know, turn that around. Um, Doesn't it feel so good when that happens? It's the best. It's it so good. It's such, and it's such a relief as well. Like, hey, I think I get this now. I think I can do this. But, yeah, I was, um, yeah, I was, I was really kind of overwhelmed for, for a really, for a long time and still get very overwhelmed um, I was gonna say, time I think to time. If you're feeling this positive after five months, I think you're doing bloody well. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I was still snowed I mean, under well and truly. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. We had a particularly rough night last night actually, so I'm feeling very sleep deprived today, but I'm in a really privileged position because my partner um, is taking a lot of time off work, so um, which just changes everything, I think. Uh, and I'm kind of going back to work much sooner than than he than he is. So to have both of us twin wrangling, as we say, um, has been you know such a gift. I don't know how people do it by themselves every day it blows my mind um so I am very very lucky in that way yeah and how are you juggling the sort of return to work and everything like that what have you been up to 
Well, so today, Wednesdays are my work day. Um, so Lucas takes the twins to his parents' house. And so I have the, the home office and kind of try to get through as much work as I can. So um, basically, there's a lot going on work-wise at the moment. Um, I'm in a puppet girl band. It's a kids' music band um, called Rainbow Bop, and we're working on our second album. That's a lot of fun. Um, I'm about to start coaching. I'm a life coach and a creativity coach and um, also do some singing coaching as well. So I'm about to start uh, doing more of that. Um, and I'm working on an online creativity course. So it's a lot of sort of content building at the moment and planning. Um, and I get to the end of my Wednesdays and I think there is so much more work that I need to do, but somehow I've just got to kind of switch it off and then wait till the next Wednesday to, to keep going. So um, as of May, I will be kind of probably adding in a few more days um but lucas will still be off work at that point so um he will be able to look after the twinnies when i have to work so i'm very very lucky That's yeah fantastic, isn't it? and you've done it's, you've, it's great and you've got these girls um muppet style band that you're in i mean did that form before you fell <laughs> pregnant with the twins and how's that been now growing up as a kid's <laughs> part of a kids entertainment group now Oh my god, it's so crazy! I um so Amy Parry, who is the director of Waiting Room, the documentary, she came to me and said, "Hey, have you ever thought about doing kids music?" I was like, "Hmm," and I've done a bit of I, I wrote a little bit of music for Bluey, um, and I was in a when I lived in New York, I was in a kids band um as well. So like, the, there's a little bit of a history there with with kids music, but I said let's do it. And so she is a puppeteer and she made these amazing puppets and it's all been done on a shoestring. Yeah. yeah. She's, she, I think she just watched a YouTube tutorial, like incredible and just came up with these amazing puppets. Um, and the whole idea is that we want to sort of, uh, appeal to a, a more sort of diverse, range of 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 people um or represent a more diverse range of people so we'll be bringing in different collaborators we collaborated with a wonderful drag queen on our first album called Gaylene Tuckwood um who played Old McDonald so Old McDonald was a woman not only a woman but was a drag queen as well so um we're kind of mixing it up a bit um, and having a lot of fun dreaming up our second album. So that that all happened. It was all recorded when I was pregnant, which was very hard because I was Gosh. pretty sick, <laughs> but I just had to do it. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, so hopefully this recording experience will be much easier because I won't be vomiting. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> now, if people want to find this, I mean, this sounds amazing for kids to get involved in how, how do we find it and how do we get all your details as well to follow this and do you know roughly when the documentary will be out as well so the documentary i'm not exactly sure when it will be out um we are actually fundraising at the moment on documentaries australia um where you can watch the the trailer so if you just look up documentaries australia waiting room emma dean 
it'll pop up and you can you can watch that trailer there. Um, and I've got a website, emmadeen.com, E-M-M-A-D-E-A-N, and you can find my album Shape of a Girl there. And then with Rainbow Bop, we're on YouTube and Spotify and you can find us by just Googling Rainbow Bop or searching for Rainbow Bop on, on YouTube. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your own socials if we want to follow you, Em? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So I'm at Emma Dean Music on Instagram and, yeah, Emma Dean Music on, on Facebook as well. Emma, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this with us. Um, I've, I've, it's been, um, you know, going through the whole IVF thing again has, has reawoken so many feelings in myself, but also um, just to see how joyous you are coming out the other side and um, being blessed with five-month-old twins. Um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing all that with us because um, it's really, yeah, it's made me smile. Oh, I'm so glad and it's been such a pleasure to talk with you both. Um, you're doing an amazing thing. It's such an incredible resource and just the power of sharing our stories. You know, I, I never it never ceases to amaze me. So thank you so much for what you do. Oh, Emma, it's been an absolute pleasure. We can't wait to see the documentary um, and I can't wait to check out the music as well. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. It's been awesome. It's Talking <laughs> Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.